Welcome to Touched by Cancer, a podcast where I connect with people whose lives have been affected by cancer. Touched by Cancer is a phrase that recognises that cancer is an illness that leaves a lasting impact on both those diagnosed and those around them. Our guests will share their personal journeys, discussing the importance of early screening for effective treatment and highlight the support services that are available in Halton. Before we begin, I want to provide you with a gentle heads up. Our discussions cover cancer-related topics including diagnoses, treatment and emotional struggles. I understand that these conversations can be sensitive and I encourage you to prioritise your well-being and join us when you're ready. Hello and welcome. In this episode, we are honoured to be joined by the inspiring Karen Millington. Karen will share a powerful story of how her mother's diagnosis led her to prioritise regular screenings. Through early detection, Karen herself was diagnosed, highlighting the importance of proactive measures for effective treatment. Join us as we explore the significance of early screenings and the impact it had on Karen's cancer journey. Without further ado, here's Karen. Hi Karen, how are you? Fine, thank you. Yeah, good. Fantastic. Thank you very much for coming in today and having a chat with us. Um, So we'll jump straight in. Um... How has cancer touched you? Um, Hugely, uh, to be honest. Um, I was only 38. Mm. Nobody at 38 really thinks about those things. Mm. Um, Family was still quite young, happily married, everything was going fine. Um, Mum had been diagnosed many years earlier. Mm. Um, I'd only just had my my son, so it was many moons ago, 13-odd years ago. Um, And she'd had breast cancer herself. Um, I wasn't thinking much into it, but she'd encouraged me getting to a bit of an older age to start having screening mm-hmm. uh, and putting myself forward for family history. So I went down that route and I quizzed the doctors a few times and eventually I was able to start that process. Um, we had to go back and to talk about family tree, who had lost in the family, um, who had been diagnosed in the family, um, Took a bit of time, to be honest, because yeah. researching a bit back, it's a bit tricky. Um, and then I started the process of having having yearly mammograms. Um, had one, absolutely fine. Um, told I'd have another one in three years' time. Strangely, the year later, a letter came through with a, a mammogram set for in the November. Um, went along on my own, thinking, well, I'm going to take it. Yeah. Why wait for three years? Uh, I might as well take that opportunity and go. They've probably got the date wrong and things, yeah. but just go ahead and do it. Um, went along on my own, um, had the mammogram, felt fine, didn't have any feelings at all with it. Um, came away, didn't think much more of it. Um, within two weeks, I got a, a recall back and the same again. Thought to myself, oh, well, they've just not took it correctly. The yeah. picture's not clear enough, whatever, um, and go back again. Um this time, my husband said, oh, I'll come with you and we'll, we'll just go together and support yeah. each other. Um, they then told me they had seen something and they would um, be taking a biopsy that day. Right. Uh, came away thinking, yep, yeah, still nothing, didn't feel anything particular, um, didn't feel different in myself, um, no signs and symptoms yeah. really that I knew of. Um, and then it all kind of went from there. So just just to to rewind at the second, um, it sounds like your mum was you know uh, 
aware of family history, you know, things like that. And had your mum had cancer herself, or was she just aware that it kind of running yeah. in the family? Yeah, she she'd had cancer herself, mm. um, probably back in about two thousand and three. Yeah, she had breast cancer herself, yeah. um, and had had the all clear and was doing fine. Okay. Um, but that's why she was more yeah. protective and making sure I was getting these checks. I mean, it sounds like you know such so important. You know, it's, it's very good to have someone you know that was you know looking out for you you know and, and kind of like yeah making you aware of absolutely it. Yeah. at 38 that's yeah, something yeah. you don't think of you you're doing school runs you're working yeah. you're keeping on top of a house you don't think about things like that so um yeah and I've, I've been finding out a lot more about cancer from being involved in this project and speaking to people like yourselves and some and, and um people's experience of it um and i've something that i've heard a lot of, but i don't actually know what it is at all is a, is a mammogram could you give us just a little bit more information about what, what a mammogram Absolutely, is Absolutely, yeah. yeah so yeah um a lot of a lot of people i've spoke to since um do find it quite uncomfortable mm. i never did yeah. um literally you you go in you get gowned up there's a, a big uh a big piece of machinery yeah. um the nurses are quite kind and nice about this type of thing and understand it's not a nice thing to go through um and they kind of really you pop your boob on a on a slab cold slab and they press it down with the machinery to take the best images really yeah a bit of a strange thing a bit uncomfortable but um it's a definite a definite must it works absolutely from doing it and so um, so let's let's go back then to, to where you were then. So you you got in for the second time and they, yeah, were, they, were, they found something. Yeah, so um I then went back um and um kind of the conversations on the way there with my husband was um everything's gonna be fine, it's gonna come back and it's gonna be nothing. Mm. Um chatting about really if I'm not allowed it again for a few years, how how could we go about maybe finding money if you could go private? It just yeah. gives you that bit of security from it. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, I was taken into a room. Um, husband was left outside and I was taken into a room and told on my own that um, I'd, I'd had breast cancer. Is that the normal uh, procedure for it? Um, I'd hope not, to be yeah, honest, because yeah. um, I kind of stopped him straight away and said, my husband is sat outside in, yeah. the, in the in the waiting room. Can I call him and yeah. can he be with me while we take all this information in? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a really a bit strange thing yeah. to do. Um, and obviously you, you need that support and, and somebody that's listening and taking maybe more in than what you are as well. You've just been told a huge thing so yeah i can imagine you kind of like you're all over the place when you yeah, hear that mind type blown. Of news. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. especially if they're trying to tell you information that's you know really important for you to know and of course you're trying to take it in and so yeah definitely having mm-hmm. someone else that yeah. sounds like it'd be you yeah. know the best thing mm-hmm. uh, to do yeah what what happened from there then um so that was round about mid-november um and i was then sent in for a pre-op um, around about middle of of December, um, and unfortunately, the day before Christmas Eve, I was booked in for surgery. Um, so yeah, uh, went along. Mm. I'd had those discussions with the children, yeah. um, and kind of, I'd spoke to work, said to them, "I'm having the surgery. Um, it will take place." I worked in a, a, a nursery setting at the time. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought to myself, I'll be back after the, the, the Christmas holidays and back to normal. 
which was completely unreal of me to think that, but that's how I felt. How was, obviously, uh, your uh, family and work with you at this time? Were they supportive? Was it, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, obviously, that first, that first being told, um, Lee and I just kind of hugged and cuddled yeah. and cried together um, on the way home. Um, the hard bit was then going to speak to my mum. Mm. Um, she knew I was going back and knew I was having a, a check again and things. So um, I rang her to make sure she was home um, and um, went in and I think she knew straight away by my, by my face. Um, something I'll always remember and it'll always stick with me is that she she said, I wish it, she wished it was her and not me and she wished she could take that away and obviously that was never going to be the case. With with regards to the operation, you were saying that you thought that you might be back, you know, looking back, but you're saying very unrealistically, but was was the kind of idea at the time of your treatment that it would be a surgery and that would be everything or is that something you'd done in your head? Um, yeah, it, the, the, the pathways are just unknown really yeah. at that stage. Um, so yeah, that was just something I was thinking just like a normal, I don't know, going to having your tonsils out or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. I was literally just saying goodbye to the children, saying goodbye to the parents yeah. and saying, you know, have a lovely Christmas, see you in the new year type of thing. Um, made plans to do things in the new year. Um, managed to get out for Christmas dinner, which was something I really wanted to do. Um, strangely enough, I like to try and... <laughs> side of it is, you know, do my hair and makeup and I never cottoned on that I was going out for Christmas dinner two days later and wouldn't be able to lift my arm up and even do my hair. Yeah. So, uh, um, but I did want to get there and be with the family that yeah. day. That was really important. And to make Christmas Day as special as normal for, yeah. for the children as well. Definitely. Yeah. So then what happened after that? What was the kind of recovery? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so um, unfortunately um, I went back with it being over the Christmas and New mm. Year period. They usually um, hope to get results back to you within the two weeks. Mm. So come the 9th of January, I was thinking the results will be on the mm. way. I'll be finding this information out. Um, and unfortunately, I got the phone call to say that they were delayed with the Christmas period. Mm. So I had to wait another week for that. Um, so it was kind of just that waiting around. That was the, the hard bit, the not knowing what was next, what was going to happen next. Um so when I went back, um, I was told that, unfortunately, they hadn't got everything. So they class it as the margins around the actual cancer, okay. and they hadn't got enough of the margins away, so the cancer was still there. Um, from then, it's kind of back and two to meetings with them. Um, they had to discuss what the best options for me were. Yeah. Um, obviously, the, the possibility of um, radiotherapy, would that be safe enough to do um would that get everything possibility of chemo um and that's the route they decided to go down with this you know with, with when they're looking at different options and things like that how much kind of control or choice do you have in the matter how much is it kind of like round the kind of like the the doctors kind of going no no we do know this is the route that you should definitely take or is it kind of like we think that you, this is an option for you or this is an option for you and you kind of get a, a, a you know a choice in it if that, yeah. if that makes sense yeah or, yeah i think because because the margins weren't clear yeah. it was a definite that that's what was right. needed um so they explained yeah. that really thoroughly to me um and 
that takes time to do. Yeah. Um, so kind of months and months were going, yeah. a few months were going by. Um, and then obviously in your back of your mind, you know, so if it's still there, is it growing? Are things changing? Is it progressing? In what way? Um, and that was that was a bit of a tough time between that end of January to, to the March. I can imagine your mental health at the time. How were you coping with it? Just the kind of the weight of everything that was going on? Um, I kind of try and hold things together. Mm. Um I did I did start kind of looking at different ways in which I could keep myself healthy, um, keep eating correct foods, things like that. Um and just just spending as much time with with the family and, and doing things and, and and being open with them. Yeah. Um when when I got told when I got told that I would be going to start chemotherapy, um, it's amazing how much children take in and what mm. they know. Um I sat the boys down and explained to them. Um, my youngest at the time was in year six in junior school. Um, and I explained that they were just going to be putting something into me every couple of weeks and it'd be getting rid of the bad stuff and helping me with the good stuff. Um, and he straight away came out with it and said, is that what's called chemotherapy? Mm-hmm. Um, and that made me realise that, you know, it's not, you, you can't hide these things. Yeah. Um, one thing I definitely realised in that time was... Um, when you're touched by cancer, you see it everywhere. It's mm. on every advert, any song, any radio station. It's literally there. And it's because your mind's on it, you focus and see it so much more. Yeah, I can imagine that. That happens with lots of things, doesn't it? Where, where suddenly once you're, you're becoming aware of it, then suddenly you see it everywhere mm-hmm. and things like that. And so I can imagine, yeah, that, that it's almost like, inescapable do you know what I mean like yes. yeah you turn on the radio you, you see someone that you know, yeah. you, you know you put on tv it's on a tv show yeah I, I can uh I can really kind of put my head in that mm-hmm. in that space where it's yeah you, you you're surrounded by it or feels like you are yeah. you know surrounded by it during that time yeah um how did the you, you young people you're talking about them then your children um um cope with it themselves we, we talk about being touched by cancer and, and you know it, it, it's obviously uh, massively for yourself and anyone that gets diagnosed with cancer but we know that it affects not just them but mm-hmm. partners family members yeah. close friends and things like that were your children um kind of similar to you in the channel that you're getting a steady head on it or, or, or with, how were they affected during um, this time one of the things i did kind of straight away was i did open up to um one of the youngest um class friends mm. um and his parent because mm. she was also in the situation yeah. um so i did open up to her and got advice from her as well and we talked and and kind of she offered for her her son to be a, a buddy to right. my youngest and ask those questions if That's needed really nice. um, which was fantastic because obviously they're still at a, a young age you yeah. know 10 whatever um I also got in touch with the schools, mm. made sure they were aware of the situation. Um, the youngest had um, a bit like a mentor that looked after him, so they'd have sessions with him, um, and they'd keep in, you know, in contact mm. with him on, on a weekly basis, daily basis, whatever. He could have time out from the classroom if he wanted to, to go and have those difficult talks. Um, they made lots of nice things together so he could have those conversations that he possibly would feel were tricky to have with his mum and dad and it was yeah. better to open up with somebody else. Um, the eldest was a little bit different, um, still loving and adorable as always, but um, he didn't get 
really great access through schooling, which mm-hmm. was a difficult time, and and we did have to fight a little bit with that, which yeah. you, you're not really in that good frame of mind to be wanting to do that, but no. um, I didn't want him to be let down. I wanted him to get the support he needed. Yeah, I'd imagine it's, it's all these types of things that you would never think about, you know, when you get a diagnosis and things like that. Absolutely. You know, like battles with schools and things mm-hmm. like that. And I, I'm, again, not knowing it, but I guess it, it probably is down school by school in terms of how they react and the support they yes. put in and things like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, he didn't he didn't get much support, mm-hmm. um, even though I'd spoken to them. Um, because he seemed to be doing okay, mm-hmm. didn't seem to be struggling, didn't yeah. seem to be getting upset, annoyed, angry. Um, he was kind of like just doing okay. Yeah. Um, but I wanted them to be aware that there could be an outburst, there could be yeah. something that triggers him one day, a conversation, a, a friend, a teacher, something could trigger that. Definitely, yeah, there's a lot going on below yeah. the surface isn't there yeah yeah certainly um with with when you it was said you know you're going down the chemotherapy route when you start chemotherapy is is it is do they say this is how long it's going to last for this is how long it's going to be or is it a little bit more like we're going to start it and then figure it out as it goes mm. um they did have a plan. Yeah. Um, I was going to go um every three weeks and have um three types uh, two types sorry the first type for the first three mm. three sessions and then change to a, a, on the fourth session up to the sixth session to a different one okay um they were really open and said that's what they were hoping to do yeah. but it just depended how my body uh, went along with yeah. it and how it worked um unfortunately the day that i started my chemotherapy my mum had been diagnosed for a second time um, and when I went in for my first day of chemo, she went in and had a mastectomy that day. Mm-hmm. So that was really tough yeah. on, you know, surrounding families as well, because it was just hard to go through that and watch that happen. And at the end of it, you kind of in your mind think, well, she she prayed that she wished it was her and not me. And eventually it was both of us together, which is really hard. Yeah, very hard. Yeah. So with chemotherapy, I, I mean, I'm I'm so new to this subject that I know very little. I'll be honest, the main thing I think about when I hear of chemotherapy is people losing the hair. Yeah. Um, and how and you mentioned then about you being somebody that really liked your makeup and doing your hair and things like that. How were you? Were you? Was this something that concerned you or worried you, or were you like actually I don't care about mm-hmm. that whatsoever? I just want to get better. Or yeah. How did how did that side of things affect you? Um. The first, the first chemo I went to, I chose to have the cold cap. I don't know if you've heard of that. No. So the cold cap is where um, they hope that it will freeze the follicles of your hair right. so you don't have to lose your hair, hopefully. Um, I went in really positive about it. We had to drive to Clatterbridge for it because at the time that was the closest one that, yeah. that did that treatment. Um, I sat there. They put it on your head. It's a big helmet type thing um unfortunately i couldn't cope with it at all um i did go into a a very much quivering wreck um it's on for it makes your treatment last longer because you're in there and it's got to freeze on your head first of all before then they can start giving you the the actual chemotherapy so um it's about 40 minutes of waiting while it freezes it all and for me the pain wasn't it wasn't wasn't bearable um 
a lady sat opposite me and she she was on her third time of having it and she had a cup of coffee going through it read a magazine chatted to her husband mm. went on the phone things like that but for me it just I was a quivering wreck I couldn't do it I think something that we we brought up with everyone that we spoke about this is like how everyone responds to and reacts to things differently and how it's yeah you can go into stuff thinking this is how I'm going to be this is how I'm going to react this is what, yeah. I, what this is how I feel like I am myself but until you actually are there and doing it mm-hmm. you just don't know do you yeah. especially something like that where you'll have never experienced or done anything like that before that's right yeah it, it you know so it's it, yeah it must have been I guess scary as well at that point if you're, you know if it's you know right at the beginning of it yeah. you're kind of like I can't handle this yeah. so what was what was the process then then was it so you you stopped with the freezing element and then just did the the, yes. the, the chemo yeah, yeah yeah you had to kind of wait till it defrosted on your head and then uh, the chemotherapy then I could just have that as normal knowing that I would yeah. be having her loss with that type of chemo yes and how was the actual chemotherapy treatment itself was that a lot less painful yes, yes. yeah yeah um yeah I, fine yeah it, you know sitting there they pop your arm you have a flush system that goes through you first of all um they'll they gave me some steroids, mm. so I had a little bit of a snooze. Um, and just then, yeah, you, you're pumped with this magic, <laughs> kind of, right. to, to help I'll help you along the way. Yeah. Um, I know just going home then, I just kind of knew I'd just get myself to bed and yeah. see what happened over the next couple of days. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any plans. I didn't have any knowledge of what to do yeah, or how yeah. I was going to be. Um the hard one of the hard bits was because I'd had the chemo and obviously your your more um your immune system um is less. Um I wasn't able to go and see mum in hospital. They said to stay clear from her. Um so I had seven days where I couldn't go and yeah. see her. But probably um not being selfish, it probably gave me the time where because I was poorly, I needed yeah. to, to to focus on me as well. Um so it was just telephone only, really. With I was going to say, it was probably way, way before Zoom and, yeah. and FaceTime and things yeah. like that. So it's mad, actually, how technology has enhanced oh gosh, that, yeah. that type of thing as well, isn't it? But, but yeah, no, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe that time to yourself to be able to just concentrate on mm-hmm. on, on recovering was 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 a, a positive thing. How um, how did things progress from there? Then was it? It became. I know you said four weeks. Was it and then three, three three weeks? weeks yeah, and then every three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks, so yeah. I kind of got to learn that for one week I would do nothing. Yeah. Um, I'd be maybe in bed most days, come mm. down for a little bit of time, um, and then um, spend some time with the family, um, and then I'd be I'd be well for two weeks. Yeah. Um, my favourite saying along the time after after learning and learning over the couple of times was that um, I would slap the makeup back on and go, boys, I'm home again, mum's back. Um, and if I'm ever unwell, that's the first thing that goes. If I'm well, that's the first thing that gets put on. So they I, knew I'd be there then. I think that's it as well. I think um, when we've been speaking to other people, you can have this image of like, you know, you look back and it's, you assume that it's all going to be this really terrible time, what they were saying, but there were such good times as well, you know, during it as well. And so yeah. just like you were saying then, you know, when you're well, you get the makeup back on, you can have these, you know, still have good family times, you know, together yeah. and stuff like that. And it, and it not necessarily all being this really down, really, mm-hmm. you know, which probably was in general, but, you know, but there are still these moments and these opportunities, you know, where it can bring families, you know, closer oh, together. Gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, it came to uh, my second lot of chemo then, and my hair was starting to fall out mm. in clumps. Um, I knew that was going to happen, yeah. kind of. Um, I remember walking one day, and it was just it was just flying out like mm. leaves fall off trees type of thing. Um, I rang a hairdresser, mm. and I'd known her for years, and just asked her, could she help me along and, yeah. you know, shave it off? Yeah. Um, she cried the whole way through doing it, and I kept mm. holding her hand and saying, I'll be all right, I'll be yeah. okay. Um, I'd ordered a wig by then. I'd been to the, the, the wig shop with mum and dad. They'd yeah. both come with me. Um, they'd, I'd chosen a lovely wig that was... I felt was fantastic, um, which is great now because they've they've come on so much, which is is brilliant, um, you know. And some people actually didn't realise that I was wearing a wig sometimes. Um, I watched lots of YouTube and got lots of scarves and learned how to make different bandana type styles um, on hot days and um, on cold nights. I would wear my son's woolly Everton hat um, because my head would get cold (laughs) in bed at bedtime. Um, but yeah, I learned learned it. With the wig, did you go for a different style, or did you try and replicate what you had? Uh, um, people that know me, yeah. I've always had different types of hairstyles yeah. throughout the year. Many different types: um, black, red, blonde, brown, whatever. Yeah. Uh, shaved, unshaved, yeah. spiky, all sorts. Um, and I, I went from. I'm trying to think what my hair looked like at the time. It was probably, yeah, shoulder length, dark brown. Mm-hmm. I went to a very much blonde bob with mm-hmm. a full fringe yeah. um, and absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, that wig has been used on stage with my niece when she's <laughs> done uh, dance shows. <laughs> I passed it on to her to use. Um, but I absolutely, I, I, I felt brilliant wearing it, to be yeah. honest, which which meant a big deal to me. And again, um, sorry, again, not knowing much about it, but you were saying that they've come on leaps and bounds since then. So what, what's kind of been the what's been the revolution? Has it just got, got slowly better over time? I think or, so, yeah. yeah. Um, and the la- the lady where I, the shop that I went to, she actually suffered with alopecia herself mm. many years earlier and realised that she was struggling to get nice, fashionable, yeah. and she decided to open her own business. Um, and that's who I got um, got told to go and, you know, experience yeah. my time with her. Um, she was fantastic. If anything you'd, you'd ordered in, anything that just she wanted a little bit more off the fringe or whatnot Mm. she had a hairdresser on site that would do that so kind of a bit like a hairdressing style um where you could go and have that treatment even though it wasn't your hair um but um she made me feel really comfortable and really relaxed which was great because she'd also not through chemo but she was also had to have those experiences herself yeah i mean it sounds so different to an experience of going on amazon for example but like you know being able to speak to somebody that's got that experience knows what's potentially going to work or not yeah. work and be able to do it so it sounds like you found a really positive person yes. there and, and, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and service yes. for it yeah. Yeah. I remember um, shopping shopping in Witness and a, a lady on the till uh, in boots came out and said to me oh my goodness can I just ask you what her shampoo and conditioner you were in uh, you using the, the shining it's gorgeous and they kind of bent forward and said it's a wig yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it just brought up a bit of a chuckle wow. then but yeah um, yeah it helped me along the way to feel comfortable while we're talking about um, that that support service I guess you could you, you could call it with, with regards to the wig were there any other support services that you were using during the during the chemotherapy 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I reached out to um, Sam's Diamonds, mm-hmm. um, who I mentioned before with the, my son's friend. Her, her, his mum was in the, the, the Diamonds group. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew um, within the school environment, a few of them had, had spoke about it. So I reached out to Sam, um, who was amazing. Um, she was with me through it all, to be honest. Um and I also reached out to this centre, you know, the Witness and Runcorn Cancer Support and, um, yeah, just knocked on the door one day and um, just spoke to Nick and it all went from there, really. Um, Sam, I got lots of different things from Sam's Diamonds compared to here. Mm. Um, they didn't really cross over in many ways. Um Sam's Diamonds gave me boost. They gave me um, energy to keep fighting, keep feeling young, keep feeling energetic. Um, here, I accessed counselling and therapies um, here. So it was completely different what I got from both sides. But um, I wanted to just access as much support as I possibly could. That's great. Well, for our listeners, uh, you may have already listened to them, but we have got podcast with both Nicola and and Sam from Sam's Diamond so if you've not heard them yet um, keep an eye out for them as you'll be able to find out a lot more about those services as well uh, throughout them podcasts Um, so uh, coming back to your to your chemo you said how how did it progress uh, uh, along once you'd after after you'd started to lose your hair yeah so um, I had three more of Mm. the same one and like I say every three weeks um be down for a week or so mm-hmm. and then I'd get back up again and could have two weeks of doing norm- normal things, really. Um, the fourth one then, I was changing to a new one. Um, unfortunately, it just targeted me way too much, mm-hmm. um, whether it was the strength, whether it was my body just not coping. Um, and um, I'd always been told, always been given a, a, a chemotherapy card. If anything temperature-wise went up, mm-hmm. if I wasn't feeling, you'd go straight to that card, ring that number, and you'd have that support straight away and that guidance from a medical team. Um, I kind of hit rock bottom. Temperature was sky high, um, and I was told to get straight into A&E, really, and get seen straight away. Um, I was hospitalised for four days, um and in the back of my mind all I could think of was please don't give me that one again please don't give me that one again um I I did hit rock bottom I will be honest um I cried a lot I was really really struggling and I felt like I was ready to give in Mm -hmm. um my husband was getting nowhere with me he was trying his best um, you know, fight fight for your children, you still yeah. got young kids, things like that, but it was very, very hard. Um, that's when he emailed Sam, Sam's Diamonds, and he said, Karen's really hard here, she's really struggling, um, can you come and just give me support? And within two hours, Sam was there in the hospital next to me, holding my hand, helping me have injections, um, cried together, laughed together, but also she gave me the kick up the backside to to fight it um I did I did I was ready I was I'd had enough I was Mm -hmm. tired I was done in um and I I was feeling that I was ready to go I can imagine that must be really strange probably for you as well at that at that time you're very um struck come across at least as a very strong person you're very kind of got your head on straight know what you want to do um and I'm probably imagining a very different situation to you possibly found yourself in in before and so 
I think it's a little bit like we were saying earlier where there's no there's no right or wrong responses to these types of things and and if you are feeling like that there's probably a very good reason for it you know mm-hmm. in terms of you know you, your body's being asked to go through a lot mentally there's a lot going on and you know there is only so much you, you can take you know, before you you have you know uh, rock bottom or even potentially a breakdown or, or you know whatever and just to kind of I guess try and normalize these these things a little bit it's 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 an it's an awful lot that you're you're asking yourself and you know the body you know to go through and stuff and so mm-hmm. these type of reactions are, are perfectly normal it's it's brilliant to hear of the support services like sam and sam's diamonds um you know though and as i mentioned we've, we've done an interview with sam and it's not the first time that she's said you know she's had to have tough love with people you know to really kind of like snap people out of it you know and be ready to you know to ready to go and get them going again and stuff and so yeah it's it sounds like a very you know normal response what you've had though or at least from my point of view a very normal response to something that must be like incredibly difficult at the Mm -hmm. time you mentioned then that you were really worried about them wanting to do that chemo again and if I'm right, you that your original plan was that you would have one more of those. Is that right? Two, two. two I'd more, have three in total. Three more yeah. of them. Yeah. Or, or three in total. Sorry, yeah. so two more of them. Yeah. And so, what happened after that then? Okay, so um, my oncologist team got to talking, and they decided that it was too much for me to yeah. go through, um, and that they would put me on a lighter dosage, mm. but would be weekly instead. Right. Um, this meaning really, um, hopefully that it wouldn't target too much of my my body, in the way that I would uh, recuperate a lot faster, um, but that would be every every week going to the hospital and having the chemo instead. Um, so it worked out on on a Monday I would go and have bloods and on a Tuesday I would have eight lots of of chemo mm-hmm. over the eight week cycle um, every Tuesday. Um, I kind of then took it that Wednesdays and Thursdays were hopefully going to be just poorly yeah. days and then I'd be up again ready for a, a weekend, weekend. With, with the family, yes, yeah. Did it work out like that, was that? It did, it did. Um, they were wonderful um, at Halton Hospital, that's where I went for it again, mm. and they, they were wonderful, they were brilliant. Um, the difficult next stage, difficult time was that I think I had probably about two of those, um, and then my mum was told then after a hyster- uh, after a mastectomy that um, she would be having chemotherapy as well. Um, the chemotherapy for breast cancer is usually on that day, the same mm. day. Um, so we kind of discussed it, and I'd been going for a couple of weeks with my husband by my side and that support there. Um, so we kind of discussed, was there a possibility that she could go at a different time? Mm. I didn't think that I could be put in that situation, also knowing my mum was sat in the same room having mm. chemo at the same time yeah. as me. Um, so I would kind of go for the early slot and she would have an afternoon slot. Um Eventually, within a couple of weeks, really, we kind of chatted and said, this is silly, why can't we do it together and support each other instead of fighting against it kind of thing? Um, So, yeah, we would go together. Um, Mum and Dad would go to sit with her and my husband would go with me. Um, (laughs) We would have our little snoozes whilst uh, whilst it kicked in and they would go off and have a a piece of toast and a cup of tea and have a chat with each other. Yeah. So it gave them time as gents yeah. to speak to each other as well, which which kind of brought them close as well, which was nice. 
Um, and then, yeah, week in, week out, that's what we would do. Um, and how did it progress from there? Then what was the next steps? Um, from then, um, they'd discussed that if the chemo would work, um, we would still have to I'd still have to have surgery again. Okay. Um, so that continued really um, with the changing of the chemotherapy. That continued really till beginning of August time, and I was then booked in for another pre-op and another lot of surgery in the September. So was the surgery that you were going for post chemo going to be the same operation? You're essentially another attempt to get. More of the margins, yes. Margins around it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they, they, I I was lucky they went in the same spot. Yeah. Um, You can hardly see any scarring, really. Um, They literally opened up the same area, went in, and and got the the correct measurements around it to take it all out, which was good, yes, yeah. And then obviously recovering from surgery, but at that point, then were you done with chemotherapy or did you have to do any more afterwards or anything like that um after the surgery they took they said that no they did i wouldn't be needed any more chemotherapy because they got the margins and got it out but they advised that i would then go and have three weeks of radiotherapy at once a day uh, monday to friday for three weeks um to kind of like just burn out the area um and you know make it safer for myself what's the, I'm sure there's a massive difference, but, but again, for, for an outsider, uh, what's the difference between chemotherapy and radiotherapy? Um, so, kind of, chemotherapy targets the area, mm. um, hopefully shrinks the shum- tumours, yeah. um, and kind of keeps them in one place. Um, radiotherapy is kind of just the, I'd say, the mopping up right. of the situation. Um kind of just um, burning off all that, you know, that yeah. area around around it. Yeah. Is it um, an easier or a harder treatment to have when you when you when you're having it? Um, I'd say easier. It's possibly tiring because mm. um, I went to um, Aintree for mine, mm. so it was day in day out going for yeah. it. Um, at the time, I think there was two or three um, radiotherapy areas. Um, and if there was a bit of a delay, things like that, or one of the machines wasn't working to plan, um, you could be a little bit longer mm. in that situation. Luckily enough, we could drive. My husband drove me there, and and we went. And um, you were you'd be there just for maybe an hour or two, but because it was daily, yeah. it just took its toll a yeah. little bit. Where it was a bit tiring with that travelling. Yeah. Um, before before the, the the radiotherapy starts, you you get two tattoos, which is a really strange feeling. So you get one just in between the chest and one underneath the armpit, and that's oh, really? the lining up then of where the um, where they then would put you on the on the radiotherapy bed, and that's where the the lasers line up then to know the target in oh, the correct area. I so I live that. with those little spots of tattoos oh. <laughs> forever. Yeah, I did not know that. Mm. Um, and so at this point, were you obviously? Well, not obviously, I guess. Sorry, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I guess, how were you Were you feeling hopeful then at this point? Or, or yeah, I guess, like, it, it's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? Well, you know, you've gone through chemotherapy, you've gone through the surgery, you're still having radiotherapy, but I'm guessing that, you know, that all signs are pointing to a positive conclusion, you know, like, at, at this time. Were you mentally feeling positive about it, or were you still very worried, or where, where were you at that point? Um... I think I felt very, very strong then. Yeah. Um, 
I started to make plans for the future, what I wanted to do. Um, my radiotherapy started um, about second week in the November. Um, I was turning 40 in the November and um, I wanted a huge celebration, I will be honest. Um, I also asked Lee, my husband, if we could re- renew our wedding vows. Oh. So um, into one week into radiotherapy, I was getting all, you know, we were getting that organised and that was going to be a big celebration. So um, bringing back nice memories of our wedding day and, yeah. and following through what songs we chose on that day, what flowers we had on that day and we went to church, renewed our vows and threw a big party with lots of lovely family and friends, which was fantastic to kind of be coming to the end of it. It hadn't fully finished because I was still going through the radio, but um, it was lovely to have that focus and and everybody everybody around me. That sounds amazing. And again, it's just reiterating that everyone's different, aren't they, with these? It's it's fantastic that you, at that point, you know, after speaking about, you know, hitting the rock bottom, you know, like, not that long previously, mm-hmm. do you know, like uh, when you were in hospital to be yeah. kind of like really positive, not at the end of it yet, but really positive, really planning, this is what I'm going to be doing, yeah. this is what I want to look forward to. It's like, um, it sounds like a really fun time you know, mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of doing that. And so um, you finished the radiotherapy and then um, was that the all kind of clear then after, after your final course of radiotherapy? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, finished the radiotherapy and went back in, um, had an appointment and mm. they did checks and things. And yeah, everything had, had cleared, everything had gone. How did that day feel? Uh, oh, gosh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah amazing. Um, kind of just like when you see the adverts, you know, yeah. and, and you kind of just, oof, wow, that has been a tough time. But yeah, we got there, we did it. So yeah, Um fantastic and like I said you start you start planning your mind yeah. changes you yeah. start planning and you start thinking about what's ahead of you and what what things you can do and what exciting times are going to come ahead so um after that now then do you still have to go for regular screenings just to make sure that um there's been nothing's come back and things like that then? yes yes so um I have um I'm on long-term um, for seven years on yeah. medication, um, tablet form, but I also have um, a monthly injection into my tummy. Mm. Um, that is because of me being so young and mm. having the diagnosis. Because of me going through menopause and everything yeah. earlier on, um, it just suppresses. So I have that um, monthly um, and I have yearly mammograms. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long they will continue yearly mm. mammograms, um, but yeah, I will keep going for them absolutely most definitely one of the main reasons that we're doing this podcast is we want to raise awareness and hopefully get more people to go for early screenings how important would you say that early screenings were for you oh gosh um well if i hadn't gone down the family history Mm. um who who knows where I would have been because I wouldn't have had those opportunities to be able to. It was literally because I could show evidence mm-hmm. um, if mum hadn't have pushed me forward for that. If I hadn't been quite vocal going to the doctors, I wouldn't have been at the age where I could have those screenings. Mm-hmm. Um, if that letter had come and it had said in two years' time, would I have ever felt that and would it have ever been that it, two years later would have been too late for me? Um, so yeah, hugely important. Um, I would, you know, definitely say if, if you have that chance to be able to go and get screened, if you're at that age, if you've got any worries, concerns, any changes, um, just be really vocal about it. And if, if you've got that in you to, to fight your case and argue the case that you want something, then 
and you want that check, then go for it, definitely. Fantastic. And how are you in the family now? Uh, good, yeah. Oh, good, thank <laughs> you. Yes, yeah. Um, great, yeah. yeah <laughs> children good. aren't children anymore, no. but yeah, all good, which yeah. is lovely, yeah. Fantastic. And so, uh, just to come back a little bit, we... Um, your mum was going through chemotherapy at the same time as you then. How did your mum's journey progress after that? Um, she's doing good, yes. Um, she continued with the chemotherapy as well. Um, and she has um, yearly checkups mm. again. Uh, she has yearly mammograms with them. And uh, she got really good support with her breast mm. care nurse from Macmillan as well. So that was great that she had that support network. And if she has, ever has any worries, then she can give them a call. And, and they've been fab with her. Um she did get told last year um, that she wasn't entitled to any more uh, yearly checkups and would be going on to a three-year checkup. Um, luckily enough, um, she decided to then look down the route of, well, I really would like it. It just gives me more support, mm. more comfort in knowing um, that I've had that full mammogram. Um, and she did inquire about private. Mm. Um we have discussed that in the past about, you know, would you find the money if that was the case? Would you do that just to give you that reassurance? And it was good to hear that, yes, you can go private and it isn't for, for ourselves. I don't feel it is um, too too much of an amount. Um, she did inquire again and again. And luckily enough, um, there was a breast screening going on in one of the local um, hospitals. And she literally just went along and said, this is where I'm up to. This is where I fit when I finished. I've been told I'm going on to three yearly. I'm really uncomfortable and I am feeling really anxious about it. Um, and the nurse was fantastic and got her in the next day just to oh. give her that comfort and that support of, of having a, a yearly one again. That's brilliant. I mean, it sounds like you, your mum has been like really useful throughout it, you know, from the very beginning, you know, talking to you about it and, you know, clearly on it for her own health as well, you know, making sure that she's she's keeping up with that and things like that. And so yeah. it's interesting as well because we uh, not really spoke about going private, you know, and things like that, but obviously um, is a potential option, you know, for people, you know, if they've, if they've got those... Uh, means to be able to, to be able to do so and be able yes. to keep themselves that peace of mind as well and things mm-hmm. like that and so I guess it's always worth um, finding out and evaluating all your options that are yeah. available to you um, as yeah it may be something that you you want to take advantage of or use from so that's mm-hmm. uh, yeah interesting to hear around that side of things as well mm-hmm. um, if you could go back to the start of your uh, cancer journey and give yourself one piece of advice what would it be? Oh gosh, that's really tricky. Um, check yourself is one of them. Um, you know, it's it's really hard, and I say that now as in um, now I've had surgery. It's really hard to feel lumps and bumps in the mm. left hand side, um, but it is really important to to just check yourself. And sometimes it's just so easy to put that to your back of your mind. Uh, it literally takes a few minutes. It can be when you're in the shower, when you're waiting for the, your tea to cook, whatever. But if you don't have that in your mind of checking, then household jobs come along, your work things come along, everything else takes over and you just that gets put to the back of your mind. So, yeah, um, it's just such a simple thing to do. Yeah. So just do it. And do you have any advice for listeners out there that are potentially um, starting on their journey? Um be open, um, try and take advice, be open, look around for support, um, 
talk to people, try not to let it build up. Um, and, and make sure you get the correct support through the medical team as well. Um, make sure you get that back up from them. Um, mine, I will be honest, hasn't always been great. Mm. The correspondence between us hasn't always been great. Um, but um, I feel that was okay for me, but that might not be the same for somebody else. So keep those channels open and keep um, keep getting reaching out if you're needing any help, yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for all your time today. It's been really nice to speak to you and find out a little bit more about your journey um, and how it impacts on yourself and your family and, uh, yeah, everyone else around you. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Touched by Cancer. If anything you've heard raises concerns about symptoms, treatment or screening, please consult your GP for advice. Early detection plays a crucial role in the effective treatment. If you're interested in exploring services mentioned during these podcasts, we encourage you to click on the link in the description to visit their website and find out more about the amazing services they offer. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to Touched by Cancer. Take care, stay strong, and remember, you're not alone in this journey.